Hi, this is Bill Osmolsky with the McIver Institute. This is the McIver Newsmakers Podcast, and I'm here today with Paul Teller and Rudy Olivo from the Advancing American Freedom 501c3. Yeah, oh, C4, actually. C4. <laughs> so that's well, okay. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen, for being uh, with me today. And um, so... Very few people in our audience have ever heard of Advancing American Freedom, so give us a lowdown on that, please. Yeah, very, very understandable that uh, you haven't heard of it. It's a new organization, not even a year old. It is the organization founded by former Vice President Mike Pence, and uh, basically as our time in the White House was unfortunately ending, and we realized we were not going to have another four years, uh, the Vice President said, well, I want to still stay in the game. I want to still have a voice. I want to still be active, advance you know, conservative public policy solutions. How do I do that? Well, why don't I create, you know, an issue advocacy organization, put some of my uh, team members there, hire some other folks, and and just be active. So that's literally what it is. It's, like you said, 501c4, uh, Advancing American Freedom, founded by Pence. And we have, you know, know, maybe seven or eight or so, you know, full-time staffers, another 10 or so contracted out to just, as the name implies, advance American freedom every single day, constantly putting out public policy solutions um, that... In short, tout the successes of the Trump-Pence years, the four fantastic years of policy wins, uh, push back against Biden, Harris, Schumer, Pelosi, the whole cast of characters and what's going on now, and uh, build new coalitions, ideas, collaborations, communications, you name it, to earn conservative wins uh, in the future. So kind of a past, present, future focus. Gotcha. So, I mean, this is still, this is a new venture. So, I mean, you guys are still trying to get your, your, your sea legs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but like, what, what, what is like, uh, I guess your, your big initiatives that you're, you're leaning towards, like, how do you differentiate yourselves from places like, you know, say for heritage? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the good news is, uh, as a C4, we, we did that deliberately. And, and as the name implies, it's got a verb in it to start, right? Advancing. So we want to emphasize the action. Uh, we won't, uh, at least uh, no plans to at this point, produce, you know, large policy documents that people put on the shelf. No insult to anyone who does that. That's just not us. We want to be more of an action team, more action oriented in the arena, in the fight, uh, doing everything from, uh, you, know, uh, you know, pushing legislation to uh, speeches, to events, op-eds, filing amicus briefs, letters. Uh, we hope to get to a point of FOIA requests. Uh, to push back against our friends in the White House now, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, we want to want to be emphasized on on action to advance conservative solutions. And in terms of big projects, the latest thing that we will soon be rolling out is something we're calling a freedom agenda, where basically the vice president said, you know, uh, given the name of our organization, Advancing American Freedom, we need to have a roadmap, a plan, a platform for advancing American freedom. And so that's what it'll be. Um, uh, basically focused on how to you know restore freedom in America because it's receding as we know uh, unfortunately under this leadership this one party rule in DC and what are the conditions of American freedom what does a free America look like so we're gonna we're gonna lay that out uh, in kind of three buckets American culture American leadership American um, opportunity and then offer some solutions to get to those conditions of freedom. So stay tuned. That should we should be releasing that in the coming weeks. All right. Now, you know, going into your background a little bit. I mean, you were in you were on Capitol Hill for a very long time. Very long time. Um, you know, I, I know your uh, listeners can't see me, but you'd see a lot of gray hair if you, if you did. <laughs> so, you know, we're you know um, we've worked with Paul Ryan. Yep. Over the years, and uh, I, I I seem to remember a roadmap to American yeah. greatness. You know that he had as well. So how is this different from his and? Where will this succeed where that one kind of... No, absolutely. Short? No, I appreciate it. Um, 
the uh, uh, two two main differences. One is the freedom agenda is not just focused on Congress. This is not just saying here are things that Congress can pass. Uh, it will have some of that, but it's also going to have ideas at the state level. It's going to have ideas for the culture, just things that we as Americans should be doing in our communities, in civil society. It's not always a governmental solution, that kind of thing. That's the one main difference. Two, a second main difference, uh, and this differs from other agendas that you know uh, have come out recently as well, we did ours by asking and seeking and getting and, and listening to the input from dozens and dozens of other conservative leaders, thought, uh, uh, you know, thought leaders, intellectuals, activists, uh, even some current people in government, some recent people from government, um, et cetera, et cetera. And we proudly put that, you'll see, in the, in the document on the website. Yeah. Where we're, so it's not just a Mike Pence uh, product. It is, you know, if you will, just kind of a collaborative effort from a lot of conservative thinkers. So we're proud of that. When when uh, when is this thing going to be released? Then? You know, I'd hate to give an exact date, yeah. <laughs> only because we we were going to launch it, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and just felt like uh, that would be not very sensitive to what's going on in you know Russia and Ukraine, and we just felt like let's let's see how that plays out, um, uh, and then you know in the in the coming weeks launch when we when we feel like it's a little bit more you know appropriate to be talking about anything besides the horrors that are you know going on in Ukraine, so. Um, so, um, you guys are right now, um, taking a tour around the country. Yeah. Uh, in fact, maybe that's a, it, it could be a good way to kick it over to Rudy, but, yeah. um, uh, yeah, we just, uh, this is our first one, uh, post White House. During the White House, we used to do things like this where we would, uh, take, uh, you know, planned visits just around a geographic area. In other words, obviously we've, we've done a lot of traveling if someone has a, a conference somewhere, well, let's go to that conference, spend a few days at the conference and leave. Or go to the conference, have a couple of side meetings and then leave. But this is our first meeting post-White House where there was no anchor conference or event. We just said, we want to come to Wisconsin. We know the road back to American freedom goes through Wisconsin because of so much success that you guys have, have already found here and so much more to come. Um, let's just develop a, an agenda, a, a trip, if you will, based on wanting to come to Wisconsin. So that's what we've been doing. Great. And so, Rudy, what kind of reception have you guys gotten so far? You know, and, and I'll just even add yeah. to that. You know, uh, sometimes people forget, you know, uh, Vice President Pence was former governor of Indiana, uh, right. Mike Pence, and former think tank. And so he understands how critical the, uh, you know, involving the states. And I've always said this, you know, states are the incubators of great ideas. And so uh, we were just in Milwaukee yesterday, Madison today. Uh, really just engaging folks. Uh, I, I think we've heard excuse me, fantastic ideas of just um, really engaging the community, telling our story better. I, I think we're really great, phenomenal at uh, creating and crafting po policy. I think I've been using this analogy of, you know, conservatives, we, we tend to be really good at the, you sort of think about a Pepsi can, fantastic at the ingredients, the caloric intake, how much sugar is in there. But the logo, the brand is where we kind of lack. We're, telling that story, telling that message. And that has just been kind of the constant theme that we've been hearing. You know, we have great policy, but tell the story better. Put a face behind it. And so uh, it was just really good reminder of, of how we need to navigate um, kind of the, the, the public policy landscape a little bit better. So Well, and also, you know, Rudy is fortunate enough to be outside the Beltway. I still find myself inside the Beltway. So important mm -hmm. when you're working on policy ideas and talking about American freedom to actually get outside the Beltway, talk to real Americans, real solution givers, uh, problem solvers, um, and just hear, you know, what, what's going on and what, thing, what things think, 
what things that people think should be done to solve those problems. Um, so it's just, it's been so refreshing, so uh, enlightening. So do you ultimately see like this roadmap once it's released, like uh, some of these hearing these themes and congressional campaigns in the fall? In? That, I, that's the hope that it, yeah. that it becomes. Uh, and you'll see it's 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 got enough detail in there that it isn't just three bullet points you could just kind of toss aside. But again, it's not a fifty-page. Uh, you know, think tank type product. It's 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 more usable, and so we're hoping that folks, whether you're running for office, whether you're an activist at your school board level, whether you're just you know a mom interested in you know reading about American freedom or really any anything in between, that you could use this as uh, as a guide, uh, as a quick reference material, but also as a study if you're kind of thinking, right, you know, what does American freedom actually look like? Uh, what are the elements of that? And so yeah, we the goal is definitely to have it be used by uh, really anyone in the, in the political slash freedom space. And I yeah. think really the genesis of that is that people, I think as we travel, we've kind of also noticed that people are yearning for, especially kind of where the country's at right now, yearning for a direction. Like, what's our North Star? What are we for? What do we want to champion? What are the solutions? And I think uh, this, this, uh, the freedom agenda is going to be really sort of the foundational launching pad for a lot of, um, a lot of groups, a lot of people. Um, and I love how Paul even brought that up. Even moms that just want to understand, you know, how do I advance and make it for my son or my daughter that's in the school system right now? We want to make sure that they're taken care of. And uh, and so it's, it's going to be very critical that this is going to be um, a North Star for a lot of people. Now, conservatives, you know, to a large degree, we're still picking ourselves up after yeah. the 2020 election. Oh, yeah. and things are very fractured. We've got people coming from a lot of different perspectives. Um, how are you going to be able to sell this to all those different groups, especially with you know Mike with Mike Pence's name attached to? It? I mean, he's not universally yeah. popular across the spectrum. So no, I think uh, you know two things I'd say to that. One, that's why our posture, Rudy and I's posture on this visit and others, has been in listening mode. You know, we, we've tried to, and, and folks can't believe it sometimes, right? Like, wait, people from the political world—they want to just listen and not just tell us what they think. Yeah, we're, we're absolutely here to listen because we do want to earn people's support. If there are folks that are still skeptical of us, skeptical of Mike Pence, fantastic. Let's just let's just have a conversation. You know, we'd love to listen. What are their concerns? How can we work together? You know, how can we partner? That kind of thing. But then for, for folks who will, you know, you know, listen to us as well, we'll say, you know, Mike Pence does sit in a very unique position in the, in the party, in the conservative movement. He has governed successfully in the traditional conservative world, if you will, whatever we're calling it, as a congressman, as a governor. But he's also governed traditional, uh, successfully in the, let's call it, Trump populist world. Again, I don't know what the exact phrase is, but um, he's got allies in both, victories in both, can speak both languages, if you will. Uh, and I think, um, you know, again, having been a federal legislator, uh, you know, think tank president, radio talk show host, governor, vice president, and, you know, now just... Um, you know, issue advocate, if you will. He really just has, you know, a really unique wealth of experience that can bridge those gaps, can, can you know, as we said, speak both languages and hopefully bring people together. That's the hope. Now, for you as the executive director, mm. um, and you've worked for both Trump and Pence. Yeah, oh yeah. So, like, how, how do you see bridging that gap, you know, in, in your role? Yeah, I mean, that, and that's the thing. And it's similar to what we were just saying. I, you know, I feel like that I've also existed, governed, worked, uh, advanced ideas in, in both worlds. And frankly, I almost am a little uncomfortable saying both worlds. I wish it were one world. We were all kind of 
together and unified. It doesn't mean we have to agree on every single thing. We never have, right, in the conservative movement in the Republican Party. It's never been 100% agreement. But just realizing that the true adversaries are on the left side of the spectrum uh, who are undoing American freedom faster than I think anyone ever thought in this first year of Biden-Harris. Um, and so that's, that's the hope. And, you know, uh, again, your listeners can't see that I tend to be a smiling person, optimistic, and I'm, I'm trying to carry that forward as well in all, in all meetings and say, you know, we, we can do this. We shouldn't let any lingering divisions weaken us and therefore strengthen the other side. So when this roadmap is released in the next month or so, uh, what do you want our listeners to do once that like, how, what do you want them to do with that once once you've, you've given them that? Tool? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, the most immediate thing would be, you know, read it, enjoy it, give us feedback. We'd love to hear that because uh, it will be on the website. And look, if there is something, you know, that maybe needs some some improvement or tweaking, great. You know, we're totally open to that. This is, you know, uh, this is an ongoing process, the policymaking process, things like that. But no, the, the hope would be that it is used in. Uh, people's conversations in people's, let's say, campaign materials in their speeches. Maybe you're, you know, an activist about to go on stage uh, giving a speech to 50 people in an audience. And you just want a quick, quick study up on, you know, some key points of freedom you can hit. You know, the vision is they're holding a printed booklet or pull, quickly pull up the website of the Freedom Agenda and just hit some points that they can then, uh, you know, convey to others. Parents can talk about it, you know, to young folks. Be like, see this? If we had an America that looked like this. Boom, you know, that would be uh, that would be a better America than what we have right now. So we do hope it's it's used as, you know, educational tools, an activist tool, political tool uh, and inspiration. All right. So one last thing, and I'm sure you've already answered this question before. If not, you're going to get great practice. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> so here in Wisconsin, you know, we're familiar with the concept of a uh, somebody launches a think tank and that leads to a, a run for office. So at what point does this become an exploratory committee? <laughs> no, that, that's right. And, and you know, we, we do get that question a lot. And I appreciate it. It's, it, it is a good question. Um, but in all, in all truthfulness, Mike Pence doesn't know what, what his future holds in, in terms of that. And that's not just a typical Washington answer. It's true because uh, his focus is right now on the midterm elections. It's so important to make sure that we could get the U.S. House and the U.S. Senate back, if for no other reason than to just stop Biden and Harris from advancing what they've been advancing, and maybe, who knows, actually advance some conservative wins for freedom through Congress and force Biden to sign some of these things. I'm hoping. Maybe that's a little too optimistic, but at least it's a, you know, it's a stopgap against um, you know, the one-party rule in Washington right now. So uh, Vice, President wants to, Vice President Pence wants to see where that landscape is. Did we win? Did we not win? How much? You know, what's the mood in the country? And then just see, uh, as he would say, you know, see what uh, the Lord has in, install, install for him, in store for him. The, um, uh, the other thing I think we'll, uh, you know, assess is, you know, who else is, is possibly interested in that, right? I mean, all of these factors, you know, play in. In the meantime, we just want to advance great public policy solutions, you know, great, uh, great uh, ideas for freedom, build coalitions, amplify other allies, which, by the way, is another thing we want to do is make sure our organization is is about freedom is about the movement and if that means amplifying other folks other groups other leaders fantastic we've already done that sometimes uh, anyone who's on my email list knows that i'll blast out an op-ed of any uh, anyone who's conservative just hey did you see this or this group ran an ad on that here here's their ad check out their ad so that it's not just 
hey, look at me, we're great, we're former vice presidential staffers, or look at Mike Pence, but that it's look at the ideas, look at the movement, and whoever's speaking for them and through them, those ideas, we want to we amplify them too. So, so real quick, uh, reflecting back on the, uh, on the, uh, the Trump era, um, what would you say, you know, what has changed in the country? Like, what are Democrats going to be able to say, hey, you are better off now in this area than you were two years ago? Wow. I, I mean, I got to be honest. I can't think of a single thing. I mean, not one thing, right? If you, if you look at everything from American energy independence, and we see how that's playing out both in terms of uh, gas prices, but also geopolitical concerns. Even just, you know, we met with uh, some business leaders. They were saying their costs are skyrocketing because their energy costs to make things are skyrocketing. We think of energy as just gasoline, but it's sometimes running your factories, producing your steel, whatever it is. Um, you know, crime. Um, uh, you know, foreign policy, really, you know, a stature of America on the world stage. Um, regulations, which are coming back, you know, in, in force. Uh, you know, in, environmental agreements like uh, the Paris Climate Accord that we're back in, that all it does is, you know, give a free pass to China, Russia, and others who are far more, you know, uh, far worse polluters than we are. Um, the Iran nuclear deal seems to be coming back, uh, which is, of course, not only horrible for us directly, it's horrible for our allies like Israel, which we continue to uh, basically humiliate on the world stage, uh, you know, as from the from the government, from the, uh, you know, the federal government. So, um, it's very difficult to think of a single element of, of public policy that any Democrat with a straight face and an honest mind could say, you know, this is better. Aren't you feeling better now than under Trump pants? I mean, uh, even look at some of the economic numbers, right? During Trump pants years, we had the lowest unemployment, of course, across the board, but for, for black Americans, Hispanic Americans, I think it's the highest number of women-owned small businesses created uh, in 50-some-odd years, maybe more than that, maybe ever, I think it was, uh, on down the line. And it's just, there's just, uh, you know, let's face it, the, the number one issue, I think, on a lot of people's minds domestically now is inflation. And anyone who thinks that wasn't caused by Biden-Harris policies, I think, just isn't, isn't following what's going on. It's just... Uh, it's disheartening. It's horrible for America. We've got to turn it around. Sounds great. Well, Paul, Rudy, thank you very much for being with us today on the McIver Newsmakers Podcast. I really appreciate your time and hope to see you again. Mm-hmm.